Welcome to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore living the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are your thoughts keeping you small? Are you ready to get big? I will offer you ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. Explore what is keeping you small and how to shift your behaviors in order to get big. Learn what is possible for you. Get ready to get big and live life out loud starting now. When we talk about what Carrie does, get big out loud. This is where we cannot negotiate and compromise this. This is Carrie. She speaks. She's a professional speaker. She is a, a school counselor, a storyteller, a mom, but she's also an expert in emotional intelligence, EQ. So today, I can't wait to hear from her. You know about what? I can't wait to hear from her about this. Who am I now? Navigating the new normal. Carrie, you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready, Dr. Pat. Anything with you. Yes, I love it. I'm ready to go. This is, um, and let me just adjust my mic up for a minute. This is a really important conversation because, you know, when I think about it and I think about the fact that we're talking about this, while we may not be, and maybe you can help us out with this a little bit, well, well, people may not be walking around saying, oh, Carrie, oh, Carrie, I don't know who I am now. On the inside, are we all thinking that? Well, here's what I wanted to talk about this week, the idea of the new normal, because I've been thinking about what we've been calling different times in our lives over the last year and a half. Like the, the pre-pandemic time, most people consider they're normalized. And the pandemic time was like, OMG, not normal, abnormal, whatever, right? And that the, the pandemic. And then we, well, I think we kind of went into this next normal of mask wearing, social distancing, Zooming. We all know what these things are now. We had no idea before. And then, then the new vernacular for what's happening now is the new normal. And so I wanted to talk about it because I think what's happening to people is we're asking ourselves, oh my gosh, I've been through all this change and now I'm in a new a new wave of change. And I, I asked myself that, which is why I came up with the topic. Who am I now after I've experienced all this? And I thought if I'm asking myself that, you might be too. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Who am I now? You know, at this point, after all I've experienced and, and I wanted to talk about some ways to transition into this new normal um, with grace uh, and with also some respect for what we've been through. So that's what I'd like to talk about today. I'm already speechless. I'm already speechless listening to you. I'm actually trying to figure out which part of that I go to. Let me start with a little ditty, a little story. Um, I, I wake up in the morning and I'm not sure what I'm going to put on when I wear to the office or the studio. I don't usually think in advance, what am I wearing? Who am I interviewing? Um, but I've started to pay a little bit of attention more. But this gives you an example of what I made up a little bit. And, and actually, our producers and others have gotten to know me. You all get to know me really good. We work a lot up front. I get up this morning and I put on, I don't know if everybody can see this. It's like a green striped shirt. Haven't worn it in two years. Put it on. Had a different jacket. Decided to put a black jacket. But I love my little polka dotty thing. I love this. For most people, 
that is like, dude, stripes and polka dots don't go. And I want to talk. <laughs> you laughing. Maybe that's your new normal. But that's why I'm bringing it up to you. That's why I'm bringing it up to you because who am I now? Am I the person that, man, 18 months ago, I would have agonized over somebody's comment about my polka dotty thing and my, my other striped shirt? Right. Can you talk to how our lives went from this? Because it's hard to imagine people not being impacted by it. Now, in my case, I got to the point where I've just been through 18 months and through the grace of God and goddess and a lot of other people, my, our business here, and you all have supported us in doing it, we're still here. But let's talk about this. Who am I? What did you, what was your answer to your own question? <laughs> is that too soon in the show? No, let's just jump that, right in. Is that too soon in the show to go there? No, not at all. That's all why right. I called it that because I think it's compelling, right? The, the, I don't, I'm not going to answer straight out who am I now. I'm going to give you some ideas around why it's important to ask that question because everyone will have a different answer, but isn't the question compelling? And you look at yourself in your life right now, like when, when you see what you've survived and gone through and how you've adapted and, and what you've experienced, you can't help but be changed by that. And the reason it's important to take a pause to reflect on who am I now is if we just rush to the next thing of the new normal, we're going to miss out on some great opportunities to capitalize on what we've learned yeah. and to have that confidence, right, as we go forward. So the idea of like, who am I now? I need to reflect on everything that happened since the start of pandemic. I also need to, to understand what I've been through in a way that doesn't like, uh, diminish my experience as the, um, the, as like compared to the collective, like some people will be, I've heard this a lot, like, well, at least be grateful. You still have a job or at least be grateful for this, but we don't even give time to, but yeah, do I still get to be sad about this? Do I still get to feel like I missed out on that? Do I still have to have some emotions? Do I always have to find a silver lining or can what be is like, there were a lot of losses, a lot of changes some good things and a lot of opportunities now that we're seeing mm -hmm. that feel good, but we've just been through something. So it's almost like you can't mm -hmm. just move on, I yeah. think, and, and miss out on the, what I would say, the juiciness of learning about what you just experienced, because that's when I think the really good information comes out. Like if you call it mining for your own information. So if you, if you come up in a point in your life and you have to make a change, sometimes it's good to reflect on, oh, I've done change before. I've managed that. I've gone through what, what were the skills that I had or what did I need to get through it? What helped me? And if you can mine for your own information, as you go through the next cycle of change, you can, you can utilize that to be more successful. So who am I now? I am the person, and this is interesting when you think about answering that question for yourself. I am the person who could not even envision doing anything virtual. Pre-March, then you were talking to the girl who doesn't know, didn't know what a light ring was or camera of where to put them all, and certainly was not excited about any kind of online platform whatsoever. A person who believed that the best and only and superior way of connecting was in person, a person who only had experience in front of live audiences, right? And now 
all this time later, I'm the person who am I now is the person that I did this morning. I did my 103rd virtual presentation since the pandemic started. Wow. 103rd, right? I've been right. counting and I, and I just keep thinking, and now I set up my little office space and, and now I, I've talked to so many more people. I can see the benefit. I see who I am as a trainer in a per, in a in-person space, in a virtual space. And what I need to do, I've grown from that experience. But if I don't ask myself, what did you learn, Carrie? Like, what got you to this place? How did you overcome yeah. that? And now, because I'm sitting on the other side, happy. But it sure was a rough road to get there. Yeah, I sure wasn't excited about any of this, yeah. right? So that's why, like, who am I now is a great rhetorical question for yourself. And coming up with little examples like that can be incredibly powerful. I love the way you're describing this. And I want to talk about two things before we go to break. And then we're going to take a really, really short break. Malia, we're going to take a really short break. Um, one of the things I'm struck by, and I actually talked about it in a show, and actually I didn't get any, it, nobody really responded. We went through 2007, 8, 9, and 10. And maybe 10 was the tail end of it. I think even in six, maybe seven is where it started, where we went through an economic situation unlike anything that generations had been through since the 20s. We went through that. The difference with this was in that economic situation, and it was global, but you know, I don't know what went on in the other parts of the world, but in the United States of America, you know, what we were faced with unprecedented uh, psychological contract references, betrayal, breaking, homes being lost, mortgages being just jacked up, um, lack of cooperation from any bank that lent you any money. Um, we went through a period of time where people, for the first time, I think in our history, were people who were pretty well upper middle class across the board. You know, I'm not even talking about the people that really were at the poverty level because they just got more poverty, <laughs> but they actually learned how to survive better. Mm -hmm. But when you get blindsided by something that is so out of the context of your world, you know, you're working, you're earning money. You don't expect to have the company you work for 25 years walk in and say, we're filing, right? Mm -hmm. This happened so across the board and didn't go away in six months, didn't go away in 18 months didn't go away for a long time. And do you know that in a short study I did on this, and I didn't pick it up and continue it because my first go around with this in 2001 brought me to my knees. But these folks are still suffering and had nobody to talk to. Their stories have never been told. They never came to the forefront to talk about how they had to dress up every day and not tell their family they didn't have jobs, pretended to go to the office for six months, eight months, while taking money out of their 401k the entire time. Some of them had to pack up and put their children in a car. They never talked about it. My question to you, in the context of what you just laid out, there is a real downside to not really looking at this for ourselves. But there could be the good, the bad, and the ugly in this. So when we come back, let's talk about what kinds of things did you experience? Mm. Let's talk about that. Those of you that are watching on Facebook, chime in. What kinds of things did you experience? Did you experience a new set of something that brought you to a level? Was it difficult? Was it sad? Was it a combination of both? When we come back, we're going to talk about the storyboard 
or your book and the chapters in it that lead to the many, many pages that are so visually vivid in terms of your experience. What about it, including writing that story has changed you? Carrie Knudsen's gonna take us on that journey. Get Big Out Loud, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome back. Welcome back to Get Big Out Loud. Care, look, Carrie Knudsen, this is her show, Living the Complex, Funny and Beautiful Writer Life. I get to sort of be the MC in this, in this journey. But the energy of this, this topic, you know, this way of she works with people, whether it's mentoring, coaching, whether it's helping people in a counseling setting, whether it's speaking or digging deeply into emotional intelligence, doesn't matter. You know, it's what she does. But the one thing that really many of us do is we don't really look at ourselves. Sometimes we're forced to. For those of you out there, please go over to KnutsonSpeaks.com, K-N-U-T-S-O-N, Speaks.com. And certainly, um, Malia is going to be putting the URL up, so you'll be able to see that. But we started out today navigating the new normal. What if you navigate or attempt, I'm going to say attempt to navigate a new normal without fully exploring the experience that are leaving up to this. You know, before the break, what I talked about, and I've had a couple of this in my generation, my efforts, my entire body of research was based on the repeal of the psychological contract of work, the unilateral appeal across the board, every company followed suit, and it started in early 90. And within three years, we had repealed the psychological contract of work, where I said to you, Carrie, you work hard here, you put in your sweat, and at the end of X amount of years, we're gonna reward you and give you a pension. That was repealed overnight. Mm -hmm. It caused toxic shock waves in the definition, the identity of who we are, how we related, I had a bell-shaped head, then I had the cracked bell. And then we went through it again in other ways, big, I'm talking big, now there's a lot of little parts. Then we went through the economic downturn. I, I don't even know what we're calling that thing. But people don't even remember it. The ripple effect of that though was just like in the past, people's stories in the repeal of the psychological, never got told. How do I know that? Because my research was to interview these people. 1,200 pages of interview notes. And I will tell you, across the board, they never were witnessed. Here we go. 18 months, a global affair. Shame and guilt, just like before, perhaps from things that you didn't expect, perhaps from not knowing how to navigate and manage. But if we can, for a nanosecond, pause and ask that question, who am I now? Boy, where do you think we go with that? Well, I think what you brought up is so important because if you look up historically about big things that have happened, right? And then the, the effect is almost like the ripple effect later. You don't feel it the moment, but you see the waves starting small and getting bigger and bigger. And the reason it's important to talk about this now is to me, is, is the idea of like, why let the ripple effect get so big, 
right? And not in a productive way. Why just continue to go down the path and not recognize what we've been through, the value of our experience, the stories that we have to share without judgment. Because again, that's like, is my story worthwhile? Or I didn't have it as bad as you and then you had it worse and I'm judging, right? And then also the ability to heal from it. It's not like our anxiety is just going to go away tomorrow. If we built up over the last, you know, I don't know how many months, 16 months, um, some anxiety, some differentiated coping mechanisms, some ways that might might be even maladaptive to the pan to our regular lives, but works in the pandemic, right? So thinking about how isolated we have to be in the pandemic, that kind of behavior, isolation, we know we need connection to other people. We know we need connection to our community to and other people. So to me, be forced isolation showed a lot about who we were, but now it's kind of awkward to go back out in the world, right? And when we say, who am I now? Am I the person that needs to practice social engagement again? Am I the person that needs to respect that maybe it's a little awkward for me to be going back out? Do I hug, handshake, fist pump? Um, am I more tired by social engagements because I haven't done them in 16 months? So I have to like, like, you know, temper that more than I would used to be because we're used to being so busy. So those are the things you have to ask yourself, not with judgment or critique, simply with curiosity, yeah. right? Like, who am I now? What do I feel like now in this moment, right? And I think yeah. that is the imperative thing. You mentioned a lot of things that happened in the past that had ripple effects that weren't positive, right? Because we just plow through to the next thing. And my invitation is let's pause. Let's yeah. recognize what we've been through and let's, let's, let's honor it. And what you were talking about is through story, like honoring our story helps and, and saying it, sharing it, writing it, talking about it helps get it out of our head yeah. and on and into another world, either on the page or to another person. And to me, that's very powerful. Yeah. Right? Very powerful. I gotta tell you, everything I mentioned, and I really can point to this in a lot of made every everything I've mentioned where it seemed like when I share these little tidbits with people, they just like, how did you get through it? And here's what I tell them. What did I do with that downsizing? I decided to go back to school immediately. My boss is ripping the badge off my neck. I go back to school, I get a degree, but that degree and the people in there support me so broadly and so effectively, they encourage me to go on. I go on and I apply in an arena that I have no business applying in, with GE scores that shouldn't be really acceptable to most major universities, but except to one, one of the top universities, I had to wait a year because some circumstance, some absolutely ridiculously serendipity circumstance of who the chair was that year who wanted experienced people in. And I go into a program and I think about what I just experienced in the past year and a half and I discovered who am I? I don't know. But what did I just go through? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know. And I couldn't find it. So I decided to research it. I decided to investigate it. When we went through 9, 10, 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever that, those years were, for us, it was 7 through 10. That's when we started to feel it. That's when our listeners called into the show and said, I've just got laid off. I've just got laid off. I, I can't tell you how many callers. I, I just can't. It was one after the other. It didn't matter what hour. Mm -hmm. But what happened? How does it change? How did it change me? So this is a question for you. I've had a lot of training in my lifetime on how to pull myself up. I've had great mentors. 
as much as I really was in conflict with my stepmom for most of my young years, she became my greatest teacher. But I learned some things. And even though this is a really tough time for a lot of people, people lost their parents and couldn't touch them. Mm -hmm. There's something that every one of us have learned. Some muscle that we built, we didn't know we had. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Oh, that's so beautiful because that's the part about being resilient, right? Recognizing what you have survived and knowing that part of you could do it because that's what that's what you bring to the next phase, right? That ability to believe in yourself, to believe in your resilience and to almost have fresh eyes. Like here's, here's what I think. When we go through a crisis, we cannot um process the crisis because we are in it all of our brain power is focused on what needs to happen next and how and and we're not really reflecting because we cannot our brains don't function that way so what what i find is that once the crisis is over and you you take the time consciously to reflect that's when you learn the lessons of like who you are how you showed up what you're proud of what you're cringe worthy right like what you would change but that's the idea of don't lose the lesson of the experience right and but you can't learn a lesson while you're doing the thing right like that's why it's hard to be in be in a situation and reflect on it at the same time so when you think about gosh this happened and this happened and that happened and taking some time to be like whoa what did i just live through again and let me just honor my experience without going to comparison either better or worse or uh, or diminishing it in some way, right? We all had something happen to us this year. This was a global pandemic that affected everyone in one way or another. And the value of that can't be judged on a scale, like who gets more. It just, what is it? It's like trying to judge flowers for being more beautiful or less beautiful. Like you can't, you can't, that is what it is, right? So there's no more value. It just looks different. And I think it's so important as we look at ourselves to honor that, but the, the idea is like, stop for a minute, honor and talk about what you've been through, right? And, and those experiences, what was hard for you? What didn't work? What worked? What are you proud of? What will you take moving forward that you know for sure about yourself? Because I didn't know some things about myself before this that I know for sure about myself now. I thought I was tenacious, right? But I had never had to practice it like I had <laughs> during the pandemic in terms of, I had two kids, my husband and I, we were both working in schools, plus two kids in different schools, like orchestrating that, finding places for people to be, doing my speaking career and working and kids in pandemic. I made stuff happen and I'm proud of it now. But sometimes I look around my house and I'm like, I can see how the year went with depending on where stuff is. And I'm like, look what we made happen, right? And I, I, I have fresh eyes though now as I'm cleaning up the house and I'm taking our mobile offices and putting things back where they belong so we can live in our house again. But I'm thinking, what did we, man, I was tenacious. I, I made, and I'm proud of that. And when I, I feel kind of putting that in my pocket a little bit as I move to the next part of my life, because I might need to draw on that tenacity for the next challenge. And it might not look like this, but the, the value that I have and the skill set that I have are there. And I have confidence in now because I've seen it and I proved it to myself and I recognized it. And that really gets us to really chat for a minute bit about this phrase, new normal. There are two phrases I'm really a little excited. No, there are a couple of them that I'm really a little excited about that, you know, once upon a time had a really negative connotation. I want to talk to you about new normal even before we go to break. Um, new normal. I, I, I think it is an oxymoron. Mm. 
Um, right. But I mean, there are a couple of phrases that I'm hearing recently that when I say them out of context to people that don't know what I'm talking about, you know, I get sort of a side eye. Um, new normal you and I talked about. And let's just dig down for a minute. Um, I don't quite get how we even describe the journey of humanity as normal. Period. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm, I just That's help about, me, help about, me. Yeah, what's the normal? I agree. I totally agree. So what are we basing it on? Is we basing it on the commercial that comes on that sees a commercial for a celebrity or somebody really, really rich that has a gold-plated bathroom and you go through the thing and then, and, you know, like the new normal is buy this candy bar. Mm -hmm. What? What? Because it's got a gold wrapper and the guy is like sitting there like in this gold house and some bathrobe and how do you get me from there to there? Mm hmm but I, I'm struggling with the word normal. I have a degree in this. Never got it. Don't get it today. Tell me what normal is. Well, that is the most perfect question ever because it seems like how you identify yourself. Most of us think we're normal <laughs> and everyone else is not, right? Like, like I'm normal in some ways that you're not. Like, and if, well, if we see the difference in someone like that's not normal, they're like, we always are judging people by our value systems and our filters. Oh, my scarf and my shirt. Yeah. When in oh. your like that you that you're even thinking about that i didn't even think about that well i didn't think about till somebody pointed out and i'm like uh and i think it was like a compliment like you know it was like wow that's really cool i would have never thought to do that i thought they were talking about my hair right <laughs> you know so i was like yeah i just did it they said no you're scarfed and your little striped shirt so I think we have a new awareness on normal though now. I think we're actually even asking the question and we didn't do it before. So when I think about that question that you ask about, look, we've gone through 18 months, you know, what is the aha, what are some of the aha moments? Mm -hmm. The fact that we were talking about the word normal and that some people are saying, I have got to throw that out. First of all, my life wasn't very normal. Mm. I worked a 60 hour job. I have three children at home. My husband, my wife is highly there, is highly supportive. Our days is not in the official watch the television show, except if you're watching WandaVision, maybe. Um, my life isn't like that. It's more like WandaVision, I think, where I'm actually pink, but I dress up as not pink and I show up and I can fly and I can, breathe, I can throw things. But what, what is normal? Mm -hmm. Are you thinking we're changing our view of that word? What's your experience? Well, I feel like everybody really wants, in, and we've done this with basically everything, we want to be able to codify and name and describe things and have an agreed upon language. And so that's why I think we're seeing this again, next normal, new normal, post pandemic, because we're searching for ways to describe the experience, right? But so sometimes the semantics of the word normal, right? For some people, like, what if my life, what was normal, right? What's this next normal? And some people are also saying, we're saying normal means we'll, we'll go back. And a lot of people say we shouldn't go back. Right. So there's a lot of really rich conversation, but you can tell we haven't settled on it yet because yeah. we're searching. But I think it is the human condition to want to name and codify and kind of box in experiences so that we can talk about it. And I think it's interesting that we've never had an experience like this. Like I always say, I don't know about you, but it's my first pandemic. Right. Like I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done this before. So my learning curve is a hundred percent. So even how I'm going to talk about it, right, is 
is going to change over time and it's going to change from my experience. But I do think it's a worthwhile conversation to, to wrestle with the, what should we call this? Is normal, is using that word, you know, offensive to some people or just doesn't sit right? Should we think of a different way to describe it? Or are we going to agree upon that? Like whatever was normal for you, what you did before March, 2020, whatever that was, is probably you're doing something different now because of what you experienced, right? And we look to, we need words, right? To talk about our experiences. Oh, That's what we're doing. We're struggling with that, with what to say about it and how to codify it and the um, semantically appropriate words to use for it. Can I give it through a lens of an 11 year old? Tell me. Not too long ago having a conversation, number of us adults, let's just call ourselves adults, but the conversation now that I think it about it, it was not so adult. And it was about normal. And this 11 year old, this beautiful daughter, 11 year old, the other room, really quite bright, you know, loves to study everything in the United States, loves to study the geography, the history, knows some places in the United States that people can go through six lifetimes and not know, 11 years old, right? We're having a conversation and we're asking, well, what is normal? And so in the room, she comes and she looks around the table and she says, I have your answer. We're thinking, are you listening to the conversation? Like, you know, seriously, people, the walls are not that thick. Here, do you want to hear her answer? Yes. Normal is a town in McLean County, Illinois, United States. As the 2010 census says, the town's population was about 52,500. Normal is smaller of two principal municipalities in Bloomington, Normal Metropolitan Area, Illinois, and Illinois seven most populous community outside Chicago area. Its elevation is maybe under a thousand, maybe under a thousand feet. Weather is mostly sunny. It's a beautiful place, but it's not for everybody. What did you say after that? And she went on to say, and by the way, the unemployment rate was lower than the national average and she walked out of the room. Now, <clears throat> why am I sharing that story? Because you see, we all are going to get to really put this into our own perspective. Mm -hmm. I love what you said. Here, here's what's always been the dilemma for normal. The dilemma for normal, other than, <laughs> just love this kid anyway. But other than normal, this is what we learn about it. See if this even fits your definition, can I? Yeah. Normal is conforming to a standard usually typical or expected. I don't know anybody before the pandemic that was doing that. Do you? When you put it in that context, is that interesting? Say it again. Say That's an dictionary definition. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like one of the lookup dictionary people. Normal, conforming to a standard, usually typical or expected. Isn't, isn't I think we do it, we have moments of it. But if somebody, if you were to say to somebody like, Carrie, like, is that you? I mean, is your life really like that? No, because look at what you just described your life like. Well, right? I'm thinking when you say typical or expected, I'm even thinking outside of the pandemic. The first thing it makes me think of is when I said I wanted to get a degree in psychology, someone said, what are you gonna do with that degree? 
right? And then throughout my life, I've been thinking, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that. And I don't know, but like the limiting beliefs about what's normal, or when I don't just want to have a private practice and I want to speak and do a storytelling show and I coach and do other things like, can a psychologist do that? Can a counselor do that? Like, ah, like what's normal for, for that and in your field or like in your personal life? I have a friend, I was thinking about her normal. She and her husband have always had jobs in different places and then they kind of meet up and they've had this kind of unconventional life that works for them because of the demands of their jobs. They don't have kids and they, they, they do this. And it's funny because I'm like, wow, I don't know if I could ever do that. And then I was thinking, well, I don't have to. Right? <laughs> Because I didn't meet somebody that had those demands. So that's not normal for me. But I was just thinking of that recently, like the normalness of either we, we, we kind of fight against normal, but then we gravitate towards it, right? We're, we're supposed to want to be normal, but then a lot of us have to break out of that status quo to do what we really want to do, right? I just tried it today. Okay, and let's talk about this because there's a big idea behind this that's really important. Because for those of us that are going through it, we have to have an outlet for this. And, and you have some tools you work with. I've used this tool. Uh, now for me, it's less about writing. I do, I will talk into my phone about mm -hmm. experiences. And I had one today. I just got done with lunch, which uh, we always have lunch because that's we don't have time to actually meet. And I mean, can you hear this lame excuse right now I'm giving you? So we have lunch together. We talk about cool things, but it always ends up with work. And I made the statement today, because I've been coming in early, have early meetings with people that are developing stuff for us. So I come in early and I said, I really like to leave early today because I like to like hit Home Depot. Why? To have fun at Home Depot? No, I need a part for my weed whacker. So can we leave early today? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about that. Leave early. That would be good. And I go look at the calendar and there's appointment for four o'clock today. And I'm like, I'm trying to create a new normal for myself based on my experience of the past 18 months. Mm -hmm. Because in this past 18 months, something extraordinary happened. I took better care of myself. Mm. Not in every way. But I'm working with nutritionist. I got two new knees. My best friend spent a year with me. I had to, you know, I found out I had to move. I moved into a new place, building this great place, right? And I just, what, what I'm trying to carry forward is those times in the pandemic that were not completely filled with work, 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 where you actually took a moment and you went and planted a plant. But now I'm back to the studio. Mm -hmm. and a but four o'clock appointment shows up on my calendar today and, you, and you're like oh I'm gonna struggle with my Home Depot trip but I can't do it right but I love what you said this is what I want to acknowledge what you said is something that I think some people are afraid to say out loud they're like in some ways during the pandemic you took better care of yourself your schedule slowed down you had more time and opportunity you got to spend the year with your best friend you got to move you had the things that Maybe you didn't even know how successful you'd be. And now you're sitting on this like, oh, it was successful in a lot of ways for me uh, with my business, but also me as a person. I was successful with myself because I was forced to slow down. And then that's that's what I mean about analyzing what you experience because yeah. if you really feel the benefit of like what happened to you as something that has value and is a priority, 
even if you don't do it perfectly, that's something like my self-care is something I want to transport into this next time. And I'm going to have to set up different boundaries as the world comes crashing back in. I will have to take responsibility because I know that I want that. I want to take that lesson and I, I'm benefiting from it and I don't want to go back. Right. But you got, I always say, sometimes you got to fight for change and the universe. You got to fight for it. Like you're fighting for your life, Carrie. Yes. And I feel like the universe is always asking, at least for me, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want the change, Carrie? How bad do you want oh, it? Oh, oh. So when we come back, I want to talk about something you got to help us all with. How do we write our story? Right. How do we write this? How do we help understand who we are in the new normal? Because I'm really getting some insight. I've learned to really look at my reaction to things, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, my personality is my personality, but I've learned to modify it. I am clearly an introvert. If you ask the three new producers, if they really think I'm an introvert, I will guarantee you their answer will be no. If they could count how many times I walk, maybe 35 feet down the hall, barge into their office, stop what they're doing to give them some information. Okay. But here's the question. Who am I and who do I want to become? And how do I build the bridge? Do I want to be less judgmental, less responsive? Have I had to learn that? Because I realize now I'm sharing a space with my two kids, my dog, my spouse, partner. Maybe my boss comes over because he or she doesn't have internet. And oh my God, we're in like a 700 square foot apartment. What have I had to learn from that? When we come back, how can we diminish? How can we cultivate? How can we stop criticizing? How can we learn a little bit more about the inner workings of care and compassion for ourselves at the deepest level? When we come back, we'll talk about that. And don't forget to show that I'm going to be doing later this week. I'm just going to, well, I'm going to, the show is already done. But there's a show I'm doing, and one of our new producers picked the topic. And it is quite challenging. It is like this one. It's interesting. We are now learning, Carrie. We have to learn to change our perspective almost every minute of every day. Let's take a short break. When we come back, it's all Carrie. Carrie Knudsen's going to walk us through. How do we do it? We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Transformation Talk Radio Network with Dr. Pat and me, Carrie Knudsen from Knudsen Speaks. Today, we're having an awesome conversation around the topic of who am I now? And we're exploring the semantics of saying we're going into the new normal and the importance of storytelling and honoring ourselves. We're talking about so many great things um, around this idea of who am I now? And I love that we're talking about it. You know, earlier in the show, I want to hit you up with this because we need some tools now, and especially in defining and identifying what we've actually been through. But when I was telling you before, like I look up the dictionary, right? And so you can look it up on Webster, right? Is this, is, this has been like the definition in this, this the, the, the Webster deal for like a million years, conforming to a type standard regular pattern characterized by that, which is considered usual, typical, or routine. So no matter how you carve it, there's nothing that is going to say, let's go back to normal. It can't happen because we are not in a standard regular pattern characterized, which is usual, typical, or routine. So in fact, you and I today, aren't we throwing an idea out there that says it may not be a new normal because that's weird mm -hmm. because are we ever going to go back to a standard regular pattern type characterized by which is continued? Are we? I'm still wearing my mask. Hello. 
So take us on the road with how we can honor, respect, document, and witness our own journey to discovering who am I today? And I, I, what I love about that question is that it's rich enough to encompass anybody, right? It is look at look at yourself in this moment, and also don't let the semantics trip you up, because the idea of most people, like normal is a pretty um, limiting place for most people, right? In terms of what they feel, do most people in some way don't feel like they are normal in one way or another, and because we have to think, do I make the normal amount of money? Do I live in a normal place? Do I have the normal lifestyle? Do I weigh the normal amount? Is my hair the normal color? Uh, do I have the normal amount of kids <laughs> or not? Like, uh, I mean, the normal sex, sexuality I'm supposed to be, my, is my gender expression normal? Whatever we're saying, right? When we're telling, it's, it's not like one bucket. Like there's a lot of different buckets to normal, right? Of how I show up in the world. Um, and I'm just thinking, is it normal? One funny thing is um, my, my dad's very Norwegian. He was very Norwegian before he passed. Um, I mean, he was he wore Norwegian shirts and everything. And um, there's something called Sittnamai, uh, which is Independence Day for Norway, May 17th. I guarantee you, I'm the only person who in Broomfield, Colorado, dressed up in my Norwegian outfit and said, "Happy Sittnamai!" Like, whatever. And that's not normal, right? Except it is, right? Like, and I keep thinking about depending on your cultural background, your heritage, um, your expectations from your family the language you speak, how you express yourself, all those things come in categories of normal, not normal, right? If, if, we, if we're like in a binary, yes, no, good, bad, right, wrong, normal, unnormal. So the invitation here is, I, I don't think anyone can go back to anything they were before the pandemic. We, we, we have all been changed in some fundamental ways that we can't just, it's like our evolution. Right? It's like you can't unring a bell, right? So we're, we're evolving. But the point is to recognize what happened to you in that process, what, what we both call the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Yeah. So not to deny the parts of yourself that are more either sensitive or embarrassing or frustrating or what you would call failure, right? Uh, versus the part of like, well, look how I did this. And I, was, I rose to the occasion. Here's my silver lining. The goal is to look at all of it all of it with, without judgment, but with curiosity to see how you performed and what you did and what you took away. So that as you go to this next phase of our lives where things are changing and different opportunities are coming our way because of the laws have changed and our yeah. jobs are changing and our lives, how we live them. We're, we're, we can recognize something is happening where we're changing again because we're allowed to get on a plane now, right? Yeah. And like, Schools are going to open again. So we have to recognize in our society, some of the tangible things we share as humans, we're going to get to go to the grocery store and not worry about toilet paper again, right? We're going to get to like, uh, not carry the weight of the, the, the small necessities of life in terms of the, the ones, if we were lucky enough to have that, we won't be obsessed about toilet paper anymore. We won't be worried about, um, if to me, some of the small things are so like, can I, can I, leave my house today or, or not, <laughs> right? Like that's like, was there anywhere to go? Like the things that restricted us. So the point of this is what can you learn about yourself from, from their experience? Not good, not bad, just as it is, it was, right? With all the parts, because what I think of our humanness is our real emotions, our real messiness, right? And our real ability to show growth over time. Yeah. So if we want to utilize this as we move forward in whatever we're calling it, 
we are moving in another direction. Most yeah. of us feel it's forward because we don't want to go back, yeah. right? We've learned a lot about ourselves. So if we really want to capitalize on that, what do you want to take with you for the journey? What did you learn? Also, what do you want to leave behind and never pick up again? Yeah. Part of this is all part of what I mentioned, and you can go back to every ripple effect I've mentioned on the show. So what did we learn? What did the generation of young people that were children during 7, 8, 9, and 10 learn? They learned three things. One, my work is not going to be my life. People want to blame this on the millennial thing, right? I, I mean, I really don't quite understand how you can dismiss what people, what kids went through 7, 8, 9, and 10. I don't know how you can throw that out the window and say, oh, they're not going to get smarter from that. They did. And they have a new version. So when you see that generation now coming to the forefront of graduating college, and I've shared this with you before, when they were asked, what is the number one thing you must have from your company? Everybody expected them to say, oh, I want money. Uh, no, empathy, compassion. Where did they learn that from? Step back. What did they see their parents go through? Their friends, their families, cul-de-sacs, just completely everything's at home that's what they learned, a generation of people that said, uh-uh, that's not going to work. And it affected their value system, though, right? That's what affected they, what they value, what they prioritize. And the fact that sometimes generations have problems reading each other is sometimes <laughs> around the value of what we say is important. And again, if I think something's important and you don't, who's right and who's wrong? And, and I think I saw this for myself. I worked for a while at Harvard Medical School as in student affairs. And I saw the difference in the ages of the doctors in terms of who's on call and who should we do call the same way? Should people be exhausted? Is it a rite of passage and a ritual? Have we outgrown the need for that? Or because someone else did it, should I have to do it now too? Is what some of the younger generation was saying. Yeah. Is this still a productive practice? And there's even a course that Harvard started called patient doctor because it was ready to focus, it, it, re, it recognized, when I give Harvard so much credit, because it rec we have to start a patient doctor course, because yeah. this is missing, and we are evolving, right, yeah. so I think there's so many ways we can do that in our lives, right, without having to judge, okay, that means you're wrong, and I'm right, because we tend to want to do that, see, I'm right, I'm right, and you're wrong, what if we just say it's a different value placement, right, it's a different way of, I have a different experience, and that helps me show up in a different way than you, and can I honor that? Right. It's a little parable, a little, a little uh, Buddha, uh, actually Dalai Lama parable. I'm not going to tell the story. There's no time. But the punchline is it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And there's a story that goes through a series of little disruptions of like ultimately with the death or something. And the same answer. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. What you're talking about is a recognition, a witnessing and appreciation of the journey that people just went through. Mm hmm. And that, that is exactly what I'm talking about, a recognition for the journey we're on and the global experience that, was, that we've shared in this time, but yet the very profound individual impact that's, that's had on us and our own individual experience. So honoring that as we move forward into whatever you want to call it, right? In whatever way, decide what you would we want to take with you that's beneficial and protect it. And as your values and priorities have shifted, are, are you, I think people are supposed to go into the ultimate expression of themselves with confidence and thoughtfulness and realizing what their gifts are. And I feel like every experience we have is an opportunity mm -hmm. to say, am I going closer to that goal of full expression or am I closing up? Right. And so the, uh, the invitation is 
there's a lot of fear, scarcity, overwhelm, difference, change, whatever you want to call it, that it would easily keep us small. Yeah. And now that we have the chance to come out of it and see some opportunity, don't miss out on what you've learned and what you've experienced. And also what you, what you know about yourself to be true right now, that is going to help you move forward again with that resiliency and that confidence um and the humanness that you're going to have as you go forward to the next thing let me ask you another question i know we have a few minutes left but here's another realization as i was getting ready for the show and i asked who am i i also asked who am i and what am i doing differently today and when I added that piece on after I took a look at that and, you know, and, and that thing that I'm doing differently today, is that because who am I today is different? I mean, this is like a loop, a catch chicken and egg, but it's really was important for me. Mm -hmm. There are some things I'm not going to go back to. Let me tell you what they are. I bought a case of microband 24 for the office to spray. I bought an ozone sprayer. I tried to do my best and the, uh, on the minute the pandemic hit, I put Jacob and Olivia into the biggest room. I, I got extra space down the hall for them to eat in. I'm not going to go back to something like that for some re odd reason I can't even remember. So there are things that are inherently changed in not who I am, but what I'm doing and what we're doing and how we're doing it, that it doesn't even feel, it's hard to explain this. I can't even remember like what it was like before, like what was I doing before? Was I just cramming everybody in a room? I, <laughs> I mean, that's not really the case, but there's a new level of awareness for me. And that oh, new level like of that. awareness, I can't go back. Yes. I don't even remember what the old one was. Sure. Well, it's almost like sometimes you can't because you don't remember because you've been living this way. And also I feel like human beings always are working to solve problems and to like be adaptable. So if if you need something to change, you change it and you figure it out. We and you don't go back to something that maybe doesn't work for you anymore. But it's funny that you're saying that. Like, what did we even do before? <laughs> How did it even work? Because we've been living this way for so long. And but now you say, what's the opportunity now that we are we're shifting again? Right. It's just another level of shifting again. Yeah. But this has been one of the most profound and shared experiences yeah. that we that we have to collectively talk about. That's why it's such a big deal because it's not just an individual thing we've collectively gone through something that has irrevo irrevocably changed us and how we're going to show up but i like your idea too of like how can i go back i don't even remember what it was like <laughs> i don't even remember what i did right? and well, i don't know if some of this is really you know i mean some of us it was really stickable it really stuck i don't know if it will change i don't know if inherently in my subconscious somewhere deep below i need to be prepared on the what if I don't listen to the news, but I caught a piece this morning on the variant. And what did I do with it? Not much, not at the conscious level, but the subconscious level. What did I do today? I hardly leave my office. I don't walk down a 20, 25 foot hall without my mask. I've got it with me. Don't come in the building. Now, Linda, Jessica, they're a little bit more bold like that. I'm like, where's my mask, right? I, I even caught myself walking into our production room today because we're not wearing masks in here because we're in accordance to somebody's rule about that. Mm -hmm. But I have my mask on. As a matter of fact, before the show, I had my mask on, put my headset on, looked in, and, I, and I'm like, okay, that mask, we can't wear it. So there's some of this we're going to carry with us. That's okay, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And also your timeline is your own. That's why there's no definitive marker that says today's the day we're stopping wearing masks, right? Like 
there's different comfort levels for us. And there's also, we're evolving in, into our, what we want to kind of share with the world, but what we're feel safe about and what, what we kind of grown accustomed to that makes us feel yeah. better. Yeah. Right. So you're on your own timeline with that, but it's interesting because it's also marking change when you're like, what's normal. Is it for me to just keep wearing it and other people not to, but how do I navigate that? Right. For myself, for myself without judging other people, but also with affirming what you need to do in this moment to, for you to move forward, right? That's the lesson. Like, and then that's also why it's interesting because it's not definitive and there's no right answer. And it's not like a perfect end point to be like, from now we all move forward together. We're all kind of, have you ever heard the quote? You're, we're all in the same ocean, but we're in different boats. <laughs> like, I like that idea. I just don't want to be in the Titanic. Oh God. That's, that can't be my boat. I've been in the Titanic at certain points of my life. Carrie, don't, don't give me that boat. Titanic, okay? Don't give me that boat. Um, look, I want to, like my mommy used to sing things. She used to say, you want to be in a boat with Michael because he rode the boat to shore. I grew up for like a lot of years and I never knew, understood what she was talking about till they came out with a song in the 60s about it. But your point is well taken. This is a time for us to reflect, acknowledge, witness, honor, and respect the entire piece of this. Mm -hmm. Because there are lessons here that I know for me personally, I'm changed in a good way. Um, I've had to look at some parts of myself, even though I'm not leaving here at three o'clock today. <laughs> but maybe tomorrow, right? <laughs> maybe tomorrow. But there are parts of this too, in really looking at other people and honoring their journey. And I think that's what you do so well. See, that's just the work that you're in. You're in front of people every day like that. I'm in front of people that I want to help get to whatever level they want to, but you're in front of people every day. What's your personal message, Gary? What do you want to leave us with? And please tell folks how they can find out more about you. And thank you so much for today. Sure. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I always feel so excited about talking about these things. And my whole company is called Knutson Speaks because I everything I do is around talking about processing, thinking about ideas related to psychology and how they can benefit you in your real life without psycho jargon or babble or anything like that that is confusing. I want it to be accessible. And that's why I say I take psychology off the couch. So Knutson Speaks is all about speaking, presenting, coaching, connecting, storytelling in ways that are meaningful and relevant. And my message to leave you with today is this, don't forget or don't um, put off, I should say, don't put off the telling of your own story during this time. Don't lose the opportunity to mine for your own gold of your own information about what you've experienced to learn about yourself and think about as we as we're all shifting to something that feels different than what we were that you have learned a lot about yourself that will help you in the future and so take this as an opportunity to not just keep going 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 on autopilot reflect um be kind and and also learn about yourself because you are fascinating and interesting and there's a lot that you can learn from this time that will benefit you in the future you have been listening to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 